Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. It's good to be with you this morning again. And uh, thank you very much uh, for your prayers, uh, for my family, my wife and the kids. Uh, they came back yesterday uh, safely. Thank you very much for your prayers. This time of the year comes with a lot of missed feelings for different people. Because it's a new year, isn't it? Some are excited about the whole Christmas and New Year celebration. Why others are full of anxiety and fear for what the new year, 2019, this year, holds for them. But I'm just going to pray now as we go through the, before we go through the passage, the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 7. And I believe that God will speak to someone here this morning. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you again. The hour has come for you to uh, speak to us through your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit, the greatest teacher, we come in to speak to us so that at the end of your word, your name alone will be glorified. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When we read Isaiah, we can see that it's addressed immediately to the people of Israel in exile. God is encouraging them not to give up hope. They are still his people. He still has a plan of their salvation. But when we look at it some more from the perspective of the New Testament, we realize that sometimes the prophecy goes beyond the physical nation of Israel to one who stands in their place as their representative, as the one who represents the whole nation of Israel to Jesus. And perhaps we might see that his point even beyond his own time, but more of that in a moment. Israel is an exile in Babylon, and no doubt they are feeling fairly depressed it seems that God has forsaken them. Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple is gone. A sure sign that God has left them. And they have no hope of salvation. And the question will be, the first question for us this morning will be, how do you encourage someone who sees no hope in the future? Who has no confidence that God cares about them? Perhaps this may be your current situation as you step in into the year, this new year, 2019. But I would like you to pay attention as we go through them from verse to verse. And I encourage you, please, do keep your Bibles handy as we study together. Listen to what God says to his people, Israel. In verse 1, Thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, 
The first thing he does is to remind them where they have come from. Is the nation of Israel just an accident of history? Is it just made up of people who all grew up in the same place like any other nation? The answer is no. God has created them. God has formed them. Remember how God called Abraham to leave his home and begin a new family, a new nation. We are God's chosen people, just as Israel was. He made them, and even now, as they found themselves in exile, he has plans for them. He says, I have redeemed you. Then he says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Imagine God calling you. You are mine. Calling someone by name indicates a personal relationship with that person. Adam in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, names the animals as a sign that they are to be his companions. Here God names the nations of Israel and then declares, You are mine. Notice that he calls them by name. Yet at the same time, they are called by his name. What a great God we serve. Who always show us mercy, even when we don't deserve it. This verse is a constant reminder that we belong to God. Belonging to God implies ownership. Since we are God's children, no one else or nothing else can have us. Hence, there is no need to fear. God went great lengths in order for us to belong to him. He made us. He created us and formed us. Since he is the originator of life, he is also the sustainer of life. As we see in Psalm chapter 139 verse 16. Now we now move on to the next verse, verse 2. He promises that he will be with them in verse 2. At the worst moment of their lives. At the moments when they are under the greatest pressure, he will be there. When they pass through rivers, when they pass through flames, no matter how bad it gets, he will be there protecting them. Notice, though that he doesn't say they won't get wet. I want you to underline that. He doesn't say they won't do what? They won't get wet. Or bond, but he does say that the flames would not consume them. The flames won't consume them. In other words, serving Jesus, believing in Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, does not exclude suffering, it does not exclude trials and temptations and persecution. They are all part of the package. When you give your life to Jesus, it doesn't mean it's going to be a butter and bread. 
There are places to go. But the most important thing from this passage is that Jesus, God himself, will be there with you as you go through that. Jesus went through the same thing. He went through suffering. He went through persecution. He went through temptation. He went through temptation, persecution, suffering, and trials. But at the end of it all, he won the battle. And I don't know what you may be going through now as an individual, as a family. But the assurance we have from this passage is that no matter what you are going through, if you put your trust in him, he will be there. He will guide you and he will go through with you. Sometimes we expect God to protect us from any harm at all. It is like God has this magic spell that puts a shield around us to keep us all from evil. But he doesn't promise that. He doesn't say that we never have to walk through rivers or pass through flames. In fact, it is the opposite. He says they will experience that sort of trial. But he will be there beside them when it happens. And he will make sure that the experience does not destroy them. You remember Psalm 23 verse 4. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Because of what? Because God is with me. That's the assurance we have. And Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call me in the times of trouble. And I will do what? I will deliver you. The bottom line here from this passage is that you are not alone. If you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are not alone. God is there with you. It doesn't matter. Community might ostracize you. People might communicate you. But once you have Jesus, you have everything. Because he will say you true. And he will guide you. As we look down the passage at verse 3, we see how he's redeemed them. Verse 3 says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. There is, this is a reference, of course, for the Exodus. I mean, in the book of Exodus, where God totally defeated the Egyptians in order to save his people from slavery. Ethiopia and Seba are the extremists of Egypt. It was as though he was buying their freedom at the expense of the entire Egyptian nation. In fact, he literally ransomed them with the lives of their firstborn sons of Egypt. We know the story in the book of Exodus. And then in verse 4, he tells us why he watches over them. He says, you are precious in my sight. In fact, he says, you are precious in my sight and honored. And honored. This is a description of a people who have been banished to Babylon in disgrace. 
banished in humiliation. God is angry with them for their repeated disobedience, their idolatry, their corruption. Yet, at the same time, they are loved and honored. Now, the second question will be, how can that be? How can God honor them when he's punishing them? How? Because God loves us and chooses us not because of what we do. Not because of who you are. Not because of your background, your color, your race. Not because of your wealth, your money, or material things you have acquired. No! Not because of the holiness or blamelessness of our lives, but because of his own character, his own love, the honor he gives them has come from his own choosing of them. He chose them and formed them and redeemed them so they will always be honored in his eyes. Then in verse 5 and 6, Isaiah talks about their offspring coming from the four points of the compass in verse 5 and 6. He talks about them being ransomed through people being given up of them. But how does God, that's the third question, how does God ransom his people? How does he redeem us? Well, he actually sent his only begotten son. We know the passage, the familiar passage to so many of us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Whosoever that believes in him should not do what? Perish, but have what? Everlasting life. He sent his only son to die, to set us free, to die as a ransom, to set us free from the punishment due for our sins. And notice how Jesus fits to this Isaiah prophecy. At his baptism, we remember today, we remember the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? And look at how the whole thing fits into the prophecy of Isaiah. At his baptism, what happens? As he passes through the waters of baptism, a voice comes from heaven and says, You are my beloved. With you, I'm well pleased. You are precious in my sight. I'm honored and I love you. Then John points out that he will be baptized with fire. But then this is not just about Jesus either. The prophecy stretches on into the future. Not just the people of Israel, but we, all of us here this morning as well. We are the ones who will be brought back to God from the four corners of the earth. From east, west, north, and south. God promises to be with us as we face various trials. When you find yourself in a situation where you wonder whether God is with you. And I challenge you this morning and I encourage you never run away from God. 
And if you are going through a lot, remember this passage, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 7. And read it. Remember that though it was written in 7th century BC, it's still relevant to us today. And if you believe in Jesus, it doesn't matter what you're going through. So many of us might carry the same baggage 2018 to 2019. You are still struggling with depression, anxiety, fear of unknown. But one thing for sure is that when we pass through the rivers, He's there with us. When you go through the fire, He's there. What a wonderful God we have. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. But you can talk to God. He's the only one who knows the end from the beginning. And he knows about you. And he cares about you. And as we move on this year, 2019, never forget that you are not alone. If you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are not alone. God is with you. No matter the gravity, the weight, the height, the depth of the heaviness in your heart, run to God. He's there and He's with you. And I want to leave you with this word to ponder. No matter what happens, no matter how hard your life is, God will watch over you. And will take you in the end to be with him in his kingdom forever. And we all say together, Amen. And that is the promise of God to each, every one of us. As we journey with him this 2019. In Jesus' name. Amen.